And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Animaniacast. Once again, to the Animaniacast. This, of course, is the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs, as well as other shows within the Rugerverse, such as Peaking the Brain, Tiny Toon Adventures, and Freakazoid. But today, we are talking about the penultimate episode of the second season of the Animaniacs reboot. That's right. We're talking about episode 12, season 2. We're going to revisit all the cultural references and gags that we can think of. And of course, in the end, we're going to give this episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again are my co-hosts. There's my brother, Nathan. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. I had to cross the country in Georgia. There's Kelly. Hello. Hello. You know, I I should say hi, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. There you go. Hi, (laughs) y'all. Well, uh, we have we're almost towards the end of the second season of the reboot, and we'll we'll have to you know put a pin in all of our thoughts of how this season has gone. But I'm very much looking forward to uh, the episode after next episode, which is going to be us kind of summarizing our feelings, thoughts, and feelings of the the, the second season, um, and maybe. Is that going to be that thing where you make us summarize it in like one yeah, word? Yeah, we'll, we'll rate yes. our best episodes and we'll, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it'll be won't fun. That, won't that be fun, Kelly? She's looking forward to it so much. She's like, this sounds like homework. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it always puts me on the spot. Like, Put you on the spot. It's called improv. <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do that. <laughs> well, uh, today's episode, the 12th episode here, it features Warner's Ark. And then it features the Apology, and then Narf over Troubled Water, and finally, the Warner's Vault. And if someone were to ask you about this episode in just a few words, what would you tell them, Nathan? Uh, It's like a trip through the decades. Ooh, okay. Uh, And uh, do you have a nice fall? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Trip. Uh, And what about you, Kelly? Um, here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> okay. So episode 25, uh, it premiered on November 5th of 2021. I don't know if you know this, folks, but that's it's true. It happened. So Nathan is here and he's got a November 5th facts theme song for us. Nathan, take it away. 
November 5th comes but once a year, and so we all have children cheer. Let's have the facts for this day here, and this is what I say to them. There are but three facts to the day, and each one is more interesting. And the song has lost its tune, and now you know the rest of noon. That is all some like Nightmare Before Christmas kind of music right there. It was. It was like a, a little eerie. I could see like that with a bell, like an organ behind it. That would be pretty yeah, spooky wooky. <laughs> well, Nathan, what are our facts for November 5th? Um, I'm going to repeat at least one of these. Bro, that's fine. Two. We're almost done. We get, we, I was like, be a few repeats. You know, Art Garfunkel was born on November 5th. And I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, I mean, I've said that before, but like, gosh, if you only like, you saved it. <laughs> I know. I was like, so let's pretend I didn't say that. Like, OK, sounds good. Eight episodes ago or something. Um, oh, so uh, speaking of Art Garfunkel, uh, did you know in 1966 uh, there was a homecoming weekend at M- uh, Mundellen College in Chicago and Simon and Garfunkel were booked to perform two shows and you could have seen them for three dollars. Wow. wow. It was like an old clipping of that. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, in 1967, there was a, a railroad crash. The the Hither Green Railroad crash in the United Kingdom killed 49 people. But among the survivors was BG Robin Gibb. So he's oh. like a singer. Yeah, he survived uh, this railroad crash. And um, some other things. In the, there's some things in the 70s that happened in this episode in 1978. Oakland Raiders John Madden becomes the 13th coach to win 100 NFL games. So I was like, oh, I know John Madden. I've heard that name. I remember him. Yeah. yeah. But just, yeah. just just passed away a few months ago or a month yeah. or two ago. Yeah. And uh, all the all the kids said, oh, no, my video game guy. <laughs> I know. It's like that's what he's most famous for. I think that will be for Madden. I'm so old. I remember when he was actually on the video game and then, you know, I stopped really playing. I think we had like a version of Madden football that we would play. Yeah. And And he would say like Gonzalez and you'd be like, (laughs) yeah, I named Speedy Gonzalez. that guy." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, And yeah, it didn't help with my love of football at all. But the video game was pretty fun. Well, let me I I, that's the only way I know how football works. I'd be like, oh, "Oh, so this is how it works. That's how. Yeah. Because I throw the ball to the people. Well, I was like scoring and I was like, oh, you can get a two point (laughs) conversion or you can go for the. Yeah. See, there you go. Thank you, John Madden. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of today's episode. And we got to talk about the first, the variable verse which was Wagon Trainee. Wagon Trainee. And it's the Warners on the Oregon Trail, and they pass a Donner Pass. Did they die um, of dysentery? <laughs> no, I don't think they died of dysentery uh, or got bit by a rattlesnake or anything, uh, but they are passing the Donner Pass. Or for the river? <laughs> they for, did they ford it or did they uh, cock the wagon and <laughs> go across that way? I always um, forded the river, and then um, I love to shoot the... Uh, I like to go hunting. Yes. I would always like to just stop the wagon the constantly. Game. We're talking, of course, about the video game. Oregon <laughs> Trail. Oregon yeah. Trail. I would pay the, the native or whatever to help me across sometimes. Oh, see, yeah. You can do that like towards the end of the game. I, You know what? <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the archive. I think it's called the archive.org where it's the Internet Archive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have... Oregon Trail on there and you can play it just right on your right on your computer for free 
like the old, like classic versions of it. I think I tried to do Carmen Sandiego one time and I couldn't figure out how it worked. Yeah, some games don't work so well on that. But uh, Oregon Trail works pretty darn well on there. And uh, I was having one of my students in my school play it. There's actually a great card game, by the way, too, called the Oregon Trail that you can get, I think, at Target or something for uh, like 15 bucks. And somewhere around here, I have a handheld uh, version of the original Oregon Trail, like the Mac version. That's like, you know, those little handheld uh, arcade games. Oh, yeah. Um, but this is like the Oregon Trail. So I guess what we're trying to say is we like the Oregon Trail video game. <laughs> we got off topic again. <laughs> but it's on topic because the enemy. This is what happens it. when we record at night. Y'all know I get punchy. Exactly. So, and I've had I had some Coca-Cola oh, oh. to keep awake. And oh, no. She got the Coca-Cola in the Coca-Cola. veins. Coca-Cola. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Oregon Trail, check it out. Um, but I don't know anything else to say about this, uh, wagon training, the Donner pass, of course, the Donner party, uh, not a party you want to go to. Um, it was where the, the, the folks, uh, uh, ate each other cause they went the wrong way. Well, then there, no, there was a whole like snow, they were snowed in or something. I they don't know. Snowed in. I started they reading they this. thought they were going to take a shortcut, I think is what the yeah. story goes. And then, uh, no, it's, it was a bad way to go. And if they had just gone the, the normal way, the route was blocked by snow and they were forced to spend the winter on the east side of the mountains. Yes. But it was like, it was already a, a well-known pass by then. It was discovered in 1844. Oh, really? And then this what? was in two years later, there was that whole thing. And then there was another incident in 1952 where it almost happened Wait. all again. But in 1952? Um, well, there was a whole like passengers and crews aboard a train became stranded 17 miles west of the Donner Pass. But then there were uh, some uh, snowplow came and helped them out. But, <laughs> but now they had They were plows. stuck there for t- <laughs> like two days or something. I don't know. Luckily, like, not long enough to eat each other. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm sure some people are thinking, like, look, this is what you like, do here. Is it going to happen again? When in happening? Rome, <laughs> you got to do Guys. as the Romans do. Let's let's eat each other. Come on, folks. <laughs> uh, Cannibal the Musical, also a very good uh, uh, Oregon Trailish kind of uh uh, movie by Matt Stone and Trey Parker, kind of dealing with uh, that story, I believe. Sort of. I think it's interesting. Different. Anyway, Warner's Ark. Let's go and talk about the first major segment. It's called Warner's Ark. And Warner's Ark was written by Jess Lacher. Lacher? I can't. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. And of course, it was directed by Brett Barron and Nathan. Why don't you tell us what happens here in Warner's Ark? Um, well, it's the classic story of Noah's Ark. We see two animals coming in. We see two giraffes. The Ark is actually full now. Um, Noah's managed to shove the last animals in, but looks in. There's actually a couple animals still there, like a chupacabra. There's some, like a griffin. There's a bunch of just like mythical guys. He's like, sorry, take the next one. And he takes off. And like, Jerk. they're all... Pr- they're all sad. It's raining. They're Although, stuck. to be fair, they don't, there was only one of each. So yeah, there is I mean, only one of each of these, which is kind of weird. Um, but uh, hey, here here comes the Warners to the rescue. Um, they, they've got a, a pretty dilapidated uh, arc, but they're like, hey, come on on. Anyone needs a ride. So, um, yeah, we got uh, a bunch of, I mean, I, I don't know if you're going to name all these things. There's, there's like I'll, I'll go through them real quick. Yeah. Here we go. Ready? Okay. A Yeti, a Manticore, a Griffin, a Pegasus, the Mothman, which you've ever heard them, the legend of the Mothman. I think he's, isn't he in like 
Pennsylvania or Kentucky. I don't know. Some somewhere there in the east, southeast. There's a movie. Oh, okay. That. Wasn't it like the Mothman prophecies? Or yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's the Mothman to... prophecies. It's a book, uh, 1975. There's a book. Ooh, well, I, I'm just familiar with it from uh, BuzzFeed uh, YouTube's uh, Unsolved series. Yeah, uh, it's, with it's a Mothman. recent one from the 1960s is oh. when the first... When the first sighting, it's kind of yeah. weird things. It's kind of almost like it's almost like imagine alien abduction stories, but with a Mothman chasing you instead of an alien uh, UFO. Anyway, uh, uh, Cer- Cerberus, uh, the Phoenix, uh, Hydra, a Centaur, a Minotaur, an Amphibiana. I'm not familiar with that one. It's like a two-headed. They said Cerberus in the song, but isn't it Cerberus? Or I've always said Cerberus. 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 I think I've Amphib- heard of both. Amph- this Sabina is a two-headed dragon. In, in the, oh. in the when you hear the audio descriptions, it just calls it a two-headed dragon. But oh, okay, the dragon, the dragon, the dragon. <laughs> uh, a sphinx, a jackalope, a nukilevi. That's like a horse Ukulele? creature, I think. <laughs> like a, it's a weird like. You just see it like walking in. I think that's the one. Yeah. It looks like a, a horse man. It's like, oh, gross. It's a horse man. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a sin? Cute weirdness. No, uh, it's like, yeah, it's it's more like bloody though or something. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh, is that that the thing with the with the with the with the skull on top of it? Yeah, it's head? like a skeleton thing. So it's like, yeah, part, yeah. That was That's weird. That one. Yeah, not familiar with that one at all. A dragon, a dragon. And that Benedict. was Benedict. Benedict <laughs> the dragon from season one. Uh, a gorgon and uh, a chupacabra. The chupacabra. Yeah, but that, that was he the, doesn't actually get on the boat because yeah, he gets killed before. Killed. Ironically, the one that people talk about maybe the most of all those things is uh, was crushed. At any rate, um, and then, yeah. of course, the egg, which we don't know what this egg is. So Yeah, so the, they've. They've loaded all those creatures on, and then they look out, and there's still one egg out there, and like, oh no! Somebody left their kid. Ooh, you get some chops, some ched, some chopped ham, and you got yourself a classy little omelet station. Nobody puts baby in an omelet. Um, this reminded me a lot of Futurama with Nibbler. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're like, oh, we got to get this one egg inside. So they um. They bring the egg in and they're like, uh, Wacko, of course, immediately wants to eat the egg because he's like, hey, I can make an omelet out of that. Um, but no, Wasn't they're in Futurama. Didn't Bender want to eat him or something? Which is, <laughs> Probably. Which, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, like, did Bender want to eat Nibbler or kill him or something? I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, I for some reason, I think Bender did not like uh, Nibbler. But th- let's watch that episode. <laughs> yeah, that's OK. <laughs> Very excited, uh, later, by later. the way. New season uh, is they're they're doing the voice work right now. All the cast and they back. finally got everybody on board, right? Exactly. So the Bender is yeah. going to be John Mariano. What's his name? Uh, John Mariano's Bender. Yes. Yeah, and he's, and he's back, back for it. Okay. Cool. And and what's also nice about this is that the uh, original creative team and stuff is actually still behind it, like David X. Cohen and, and Matt Groening and stuff. They're actually still like doing stuff with the show, which shock that you can actually do that with uh shows that continue isn't that weird yeah <laughs> it's not just voice actors i know anyway uh let's go on so what so we got all oh, these characters so, in there yeah the- we got all these characters and uh wacko wants to eat the egg but dot wants to find out 
who the egg belongs to. Um, so they start singing a song about, is this egg yours? And they go through each of the creatures and ask them if there's, it's their eggs. And each of them go like, no, but I am hungry basically. And like, but I'll eat the egg. And excuse me, ma'am, is this thing yours? It's just, I saw those purple claws and couldn't help but notice they're the same shade as this shell. I'm ripping, huh? No way, Jose. Let's serve it poached with hollandaise. The egg is not for eating. We could fry it up as well. You know, and then by the end, uh, there's just a giant wave that, you know, crashes on top of the boat and the boat is destroyed. Everyone, I guess, dies. I don't know, because we don't see anyone. But I guess, you know, these all mythical creatures a lot of them are still around apparently so maybe they floated away just like the egg floated away and all the warners floated to an island nearby and they're yeah. actually burning the remnants of the ark to on a, in a fire to keep warm um the egg uh rolls up right to them and they're like oh now let's just eat the egg and now like everyone's on board with eating the egg i guess i don't but know what dot eggs, was necessarily well, but yeah <laughs> She, the bad news was that it was hatching. And then the worst news. news. Yeah, yeah, the worst yeah. news. No, so, the bad news is that, I don't know, whatever. Let's play the clip. Yeah. I guess I wasn't ready to be a mother. I should have spent some more time focused on my career. Oh, steering a boat. Potato, potato. Well, the good news is we saved the egg. The bad news is we're trapped on this desert island with no food. Which brings us back to the good news. We get to eat this egg. Which brings us back to the bad news. It's starting to hatch. <laughs> so it seems like she's okay with it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, but it hatches and it's um it's chicken boo. So that's that's nice. Uh, it's a baby chicken baby, baby chick, chicken super boo. cute so chicken cute. boo. Cute chicken and boo. I love this how is... Frank Welker did like the voice and he voice of Nibbler, by the way. Uh, Frank mm-hmm. Welker. <laughs> I love how he did the voice of Chicken Boo, which it compared to Good Warner Hunting when I was like, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. Frank Welker. This was definitely Frank Welker doing yeah. the Chicken Boo, Boo voice, and, and it sounded super cute. He this even was did a, a much younger better version. Chicken Boo episodes than oh. Good Warner Hunting. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I liked Chicken Boo in this one. Was yeah, like, Chicken Boo was cute. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. So this whole elaborate sketch was your origin story? <laughs> Sorry, you almost got eaten. <laughs> Can I still eat the shell? <laughs> when they crashed the ark, things got kind of dark, but the egg survived. Now he's a chicken boo. Um, so yeah, a super cute chicken boo, and that's how it ends with a little uh, a new reprise to the chicken boo song about the Warner's Ark in it. So there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, there are, I mean, we already talked about the, the, the references with all the, the monsters and stuff, but I guess the other big giant reference is probably the, the song. It's this, uh, kind of swing music of, oh, the late nineties, early two thousands. There was a big movement of the swing and they had big bad voodoo daddy, which I owned their first album, really liked it. And then there was, of course, Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. And this is, very much like that song. They even go to the point of saying riot and, and then rhyming it with diet. So um, there's also a great version by Weird Al called the uh, Grapefruit Diet. <laughs> so <laughs> I highly recommend that if you're not into, uh, uh, you know, other uh, swing music. But uh, what did you guys think about this uh, first? Uh, I guess this is a revisit of 
of course, Noah's Ark. We saw it with the hip hippos in Noah's Lark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, they yeah, also- one more one more reference. Of course, we had Nobody Puts Baby in the Omelet, uh, spoofing Dirty Dancing. Um, they also talk about Steve Carell. Uh, oh, of course, Dirty Dancing, No One Puts Baby in the Corner, which I've never seen. Dirty I've dancing. seen bits of it here and there, but I've never seen the whole movie. It's on my list. It's on I don't my think list. I was allowed to watch it when it was out, and but my sisters. You got to see the move. He does the move in it. So, yeah. Or you pick a person up pick or a, something. Pick them up. It's parodied forever in every mm-hmm. cartoon and every everything. Uh, yeah, I think it's on Netflix now. I know. And if wife. he still doesn't answer. To watch it. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, Steve Carell is mentioned as his chase, like, you know, trying to. Uh, look for a get an Oscar kind of like comparing it to all the 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 monsters and of course he was in an, a horrible movie called Evan Almighty but he's also has performed as a, many different strange characters for a while mm-hmm. I think he's starting just to I don't know I, I think he kind of gave up on that and I think he's just kind of doing more comedy stuff for the most part but he's an interesting guy he's a very I think he's a very talented actor he can do drama and he can do comedy equally well I think um, that's it for cultural references. What did you guys think about the, uh, the today's, today's, uh, first cartoon? Uh, Kelly, let's start with you. Well, I couldn't help but compare it, uh, to Noah's Lark. Yeah. Because, um, Noah's Lark is amazing and has Indiana <laughs> Jones in it and, um, a reference to melting Nazis. So, I mean, you cannot beat that for anything. But, um, and at first, I didn't like the song at all. Mm. Um, but as it progressed, I, I don't know, it got a little catchier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it sounded more like a jazz kind of song, but that just goes to show what I know about music that's not movie soundtracks. Ah. Um, but uh, I thought it got, got a little better as it went on. And, um, I I loved the chicken boom reveal. Yes. Which was spoiled to me very early on. Oh no, it didn't. Boo. I wasn't spoiled. Yeah, chicken boo. Chicken <laughs> boo. Well, it's kind of hard when, you know, and I'm I'm usually the one that's you know, do the, you know, animaniac social stuff. So anything that happens with stuff like that is spoiled pretty early on. And so even though this was the first time we actually watched the episode, uh, yeah, I knew that was going to be the inside the egg. So, but whatever, it was still cute. I still like chicken boo at the end. It's kawaii. Um, kawaii chicken <laughs> boo. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, any, any moments in this that made you laugh? Uh, things you um, like? Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed the song and uh, everything. I liked the learning about monotremes. Um, <laughs> the the echidnas and the platy- platypus. It did. It Pat-a-pie. did. It kind of bothered me that Yakko was like telling like Dot like, "There's no way a griffin would have a an egg unless it's a monotreme." And then later they go to a manticore and like, man- Yakko asks the manticore, "Is this egg yours?" And I was like, "If you don't think a griffin can have an egg, a griffin is like half." bird and then you go to a manticore who's like lion and scorpion like and you're like well maybe a lion scorpion would have an egg. like what are you that got me a little angry but other than that I liked seeing, yeah i like seeing uh benedict was a fun like having him come back and uh say some lines was fun <laughs> yeah and, uh yeah, I, I like the song too. I like this song. Um I mean like I said I, I remind it put me in the mind of 
uh, big bad voodoo daddy kind of swing songs. I I I liked that kind of stuff uh, when it was popular, um, just because I thought it was cool. And it was so popular, even at like Disneyland, they would have like uh, swing nights where people would like dance at uh, under the gazebo and stuff and dress up all nice. I remember. Wasn't that about the same time? that ska was really big yeah i was into the only ska band i was into was uh the aquabats i really like them and i had a uh, friend that was in a ska band is the only real reason i know anything yeah about did you that. Ever have to knock on wood because i knew someone <laughs> that did heard it wasn't good <laughs> uh that's funny uh musical reference uh but yeah the other what was the other oh squirrel nut zippers uh not really oh i heard them not really uh, swing necessarily, but man, I just loved them. And I saw them recently, like a, a year or two ago. I was like, oh, they're in town. I went and saw them. There's only one person left that's actually was in the original band. It was still wow. nice, but it kind of felt like when I found out everyone was different, I was like, oh, this is more like a cover than necessarily like the band. But still, I love them. What's the name of the band? Squirrel Nut Zippers. The name, the band on stage. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, that's funny anyway moving on i guess let's go ahead and go to the apology ah you guys we've been busy traveling but we wanted to take a moment to talk to you our fans i know we've disappointed everyone on the internet so we wanted to apologize to the internet oh. <laughs> we are so sorry you guys <laughs> The Apology was written by Kathleen Chen, Brian Polk, and Wellesley Wilde, and it was directed by Brett Farron. And this is just kind of parroting uh, YouTube apologies where, like, influencers say or do something horrible, and then they just go, oh, I just want to say, hey, everybody, uh, please don't don't unsubscribe, and please pay me money. Uh, so there's, uh, in this case, the Warners are apologizing for calling uh, Ralph a silly goose. And then they remember that Oh, goose, Canadian geese and stuff are, I guess, really kind of stinky anyway. And why are they apologizing? Anyway, it ends with them. It turns out they're in the Bahamas somewhere. The false background that they have falls down and a lot of dislikes. You're kind of watching this entire cartoon on a uh, kind of a YouTube-ish kind of screen. And mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of dislikes start appearing. And that's pretty much it. It's just a quick little sketch. Uh, but what did you two think about this one? Nathan, what do you think about uh, the apology? Um, I thought they were going to mention the, our podcast. and uh, I, was... <laughs> I thought so, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad they did. And, uh, no, I, I don't know um, if we want that publicity. Exactly. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, it was fun. Um, I liked seeing the likes going up and you could see him and they just kind of start tapering off and then you can apparently remove your like and turn it into a dislike i guess i don't know but um, i think you yeah. can do that in real life can't you i guess i mean i, I use so yeah mm. although yeah. they don't show the dislikes anymore yeah which that's true is probably an, a nice thing even though now so we can't is... really tell if a video is like it, it like let's say you're trying to learn how to make something <laughs> it was kind of nice to find out this video is not a good video to watch because oh, it's YouTube not on doesn't topic. do dislikes anymore. No. Oh. Well, Kelly's learning a lot of things today. I I go to YouTube sometimes, but I don't ever like 
I know. And never, I, I guess I, I don't ever I guess, like things. I, I don't. I, mean, I don't. I don't click don't on click like. on this stuff. But I, I mean, I do, and I guess I usually see how many likes there are. But yeah, yeah, you can still dislike it. It just won't show you how many other people also dislike. Right. It, so. Weird. So you don't Weird. pile on because that was like the big trend. Remember, like when the that Friday Friday song or something. Oh yeah, like that, that got a bunch of dislikes, and it's just like it becomes news on this garnered the most dislikes and. Honestly, is that really what we want to be celebrating? <laughs> the, you know, Nintendo got a bunch of dislikes when they did that uh, $80 plan or whatever it was, $50 plan. I don't know. When they did their latest the plan, that, the, the plan yeah. that you're signed up for. But I'm yeah. all for yeah. less negativity <laughs> on the internet. Because, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, it's super negative. And, and I mean, I, I imagine people think that we're negative about the, the new show on here sometimes, but we definitely try to find things we like and yeah. balance it out and um and i'm one of those people that if i like something i really like it <laughs> so, exactly exactly because i really like that little baby chicken boot and now i, I, I mean <laughs> like I, I want like a little pen or a t-shirt or something with that yeah it was super cute i wonder I, this is the one where i'm like i'm wondering if at least deanna oliver uh could see this just to see if she she liked it because of course she was the one that came up with chicken boo and I hope that she would like that, at least to see Chicken Boo looking that cute. Um, <laughs> who knows? All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to our Pinky in the Brain segment, and that is called Narf Over Troubled Water. And Narf Over Troubled Water was written by Kathleen Chen and Brian Polk, and uh, it was directed by Katie Rice. Uh, let's see, Kelly... Why don't you tell us what happens here in Narf over troubled water? Okay. Well, this is one of those where um, Brain's going to use music to um, hypnotize people. And uh, he's going to do it on television. So it's kind of like a, it made me think of, it was sort of a combination of Bubba Boba Brain and um, uh, Big Ears Noodle Noggin. Yeah, that's a, yeah. The Whatever the name of from, the noodle yeah. login from the Christmas special. Yeah, I, th- I thought the same thing. No, not the Christmas special. The well, um, well, look, the noodle noggin was kind of like it hypnotized them. Yeah, uh, and, and but, the big ears noodle noggin, the 1950s version, which I guess this is kind of this is back yeah, in but time. whichever, but whichever name I can't remember the name of the Animaniacs episode, the, the Pinky and the Brain segment, big ears noodle noggin are in. <laughs> so anyway, um. So, but this is going to be black and white TV sets, and he he's focusing on like the dad of uh, the family. And so, when the the signal starts to go out, the dad's going to get up and like hit the TV to, to get it all straightened out. And um, that's when he's going to, to hypnotize the the father. And so, with the father hypnotized, everybody else is going to look to brain as being the you know the parental unit hey god brain that sure sounds like a bunch of nonsensical mumbo jumbo but i'm sure it's not and you've done a lot of research into how black and white tv works in this time period indeed i have pinky when father rises from his recliner to bang the tv back into working order he will find that the slightest touch will put him into a state of prolonged electroparalysis with america's fathers neutralized our nation's youth will turn to me for paternal guidance. Oh, good. 
I have some questions about my changing body. Which is very patriarchal. I thought so, too. Like, oh, the mom's not going to do anything, Brain? Come on. Uh, I mean, it's like, what, the 1950s so or 1960s. So, I mean... I guess true to life. I don't know. Yeah, so I think I still think women would pick up the slack in that case. But, but I mean, yeah. my my mom would have. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, she was a single mom, um, uh, not in the '60s, but at yeah. some point. But um, before I was born, and um, <laughs> so he uh, he's gonna make some music, and um, so he's going to like a, a open mic night open mic night <laughs> and he's trying to write his lyrics and freaking out and pinky sitting there and talking about the food and blast why did i leave writing lyrics until the last minute what rhymes with anaerobic cell respiration oh you'll be fine brain here maybe one of these crackers will settle your stomach pinky those are rocks oh well that explains why my tummy feels like it's maracas so they kind of wing it and they go up on stage and Pinky starts singing the song and it's really interesting, really catchy. I'm on and gone and the cupboard bare and empty. Now then, what to eat? Grazing at the table. No one say no. And I didn't have to spend the speck of dough. I ate a rock because I missed breakfast. I ate, ate a rock Cause, cause I missed, missed breakfast And it tasted bad A little bland and chalky It gave me tummy troubles All night long Oh dear He has these poor fools thinking It's a profound metaphor But it's not He just has pica Nothing more I He ate, ate a rock, rock. He's like a dumpster, dumpster. They become really popular and he introduces himself as Narfunkel. <laughs> um, like Simon and Garfunkel. And then um they become really popular and they, they start opening shows all over the place. And um then they get on the Ed Sullivan show. So it's on the Ed Sullivan show that Brain wants to be on the TV. And Ed Sullivan was like super, super popular uh, TV show host back in the day. He had Elvis Presley and the Beatles and helped catapult them to fame and or bigger fame. And um, so brain brain's going to follow that same path. And he and Pinky kind of get in a fight. They're touring and they're hanging out with hippies and stuff. And Pinky's really loving the lifestyle. And they love Pinky. Stop harshing on Narfunkel, man. Yeah, especially because I'm the one who wrote all the song words. They're called lyrics. And don't forget who created the tune. Um, your computer? Oh, hang on. I don't know who this computer guy is, but if he's doing all the work, then why do you need this uptight square? <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Bing C, Catfish Joan, we're all travelers on this journey together, right? He's too serious and, and messing with their vibe and stuff. And so they kick him off the, the bus. And so then Pinky tries to go solo. And he can't. He can do the lyrics, but he can't do the music. Listen to this new groovy tune I come up with. 
So he's sad, Every, and everybody leaves him because they don't like his music, and they, they run away. And he says that they've been raptured <laughs> <laughs> yes. in, instead of raptured. And so um, so then Brain's on the Ed Sullivan show, and uh, he freaks out because they actually had just started filming in color the week before, and his plan was totally focused on black and white TVs. Well, he was my best friend and my poison taster, and a surprisingly comfortable footstool. But he was holding me back. I had to abandon him to fulfill my destiny, to paralyze the nation using this bow tie on a black and white television broadcast. Yes, well, that's quite a story, but we just started broadcasting in color last week. Color. 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 A black and white broadcast was vital to my plan. Oh no, I've failed. I was a fool to think I could do this alone. I never thought I'd miss the days of Pinky and the... So he's freaking out, he's panicking, you know, he misses Pinky, and he actually acknowledges that he misses Pinky. And um, and then Pinky shows up. And they run to each other, and everybody got angry at Brain and started chasing him and... Uh, smashing muffins and everything and then they start running and bring it's like this cloth on his head kind of looks like a wedding bell or something and they run away and hop on a bus and it's uh totally an homage to the graduate the end scene and um which is why i referenced here's to you mrs robinson yeah. earlier in the podcast and that's a movie that i had to watch for film class in college so um we kind of analyzed it from different perspectives. I have still not seen The Graduate. Um, Mel Brooks' uh, wife was uh, Mrs. Robinson, though. And uh, Dustin Hoffman was only about five years younger than her, I think, or something yeah. five to ten years younger. Yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, that's just how things were back then. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, some good, uh, like really, well, one major song parody right here. Uh, this, of course, was the uh, I Ate a Rock. And I Ate a Rock, I mean, the title sounds very similar to I Am a Rock, of course, by uh, Simon and Garfunkel. But the the tune is very, I mean, I Am a Rock is kind of like probably Simon and Garfunkel's, at least that I'm aware of, one of their more aggressive songs a little bit more like uh some drums and it's uh it, it's not as folksy uh you know calm like they're singing so it kind of like stars like, there or whatever yeah and so it kind of sounds yeah which they play of course at the end of this um mm-hmm. episode because uh, it's public domain and you can do that <laughs> i was wondering like <laughs> why are they doing that like they're actually just straight up playing are you going to scarborough fair and i'm like oh it's public domain no wonder Anyway, um, but it kind of sounded like the boxer, um, which is kind of yeah. Uh, and I ate a rock. Uh, I am a rock <laughs> together. Yeah, in fact, I tried taking the lyrics to "I am a rock" and then matching them up uh, t- uh, 
to the lyrics of I Ate a Rock, and some of them do match pretty well. So you could I could kind of like disassemble the song and see where they were going with uh, where they were going with. I think what they were writing this episode, Kathleen Chen and Brian Polk. Uh, so I, I like that song, um, and of course we mentioned the Graduate and. And we course, should also mention, since we're talking about Simon and Garfunkel, that Paul Simon of Simon and Garfunkel was married to Carrie Fisher one time. Yes, for about a year or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, apparently, I'm, I'm double-checking on Wikipedia. I think they were married for about a year, but then they kind of got back together for a few years after oh. they divorced. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah. I We used to always love to listen to uh, Paul Simon's Graceland growing up in the, uh, you know, my dad would put on Graceland the cassette and just listen to that for eight hours all the way to Disneyland. So uh, my dad was a big Simon and Garfunkel fan. Uh, and obviously Paul Simon had the more, uh, the better longer lasting career than our, Gar- our Garfunkel did. Well, I only, I only knew Paul Simon from that video he did with Chevy Chase. Oh yeah. That's, the, that's a, you, you can call, call me, me out. From yeah, that's from Graceland. So there you go. Um, oh, okay. French fries for breakfast. The second song they did, it kind of sounded like B 52s like Fred Schneider, kind of, you know, uh, rock lobsterish kind of, you know, trouble in the water, boom, you know, something like that. But or almost like Talking Heads, or I couldn't quite nail down the the parody that they were trying to do. But whatever it was, it was, you know. It's like Marty McFly said, you know, I guess you guys aren't just, I just guess you ever, but he's not ready for that song yet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but your kids are going to love it. So in about 10, 10 or 15 years, those kids would love Pinky's song is my prediction. Um, anyway, what did you uh, two think about this episode? Anything that really stood out for you that was funny or things you liked? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. Um, I thought the song was fun. I like the uh, I ate a rock was uh, silly. They they never like went into the computer making the songs, right? Like, did they mention that other than when they Pinky's... showed at the beginning? Because it was okay. a computer yeah, that took right. up the entire room. The Acme Lab looked cute. like it did in the original, right? Like, oh, looked, I didn't even notice. That's it looks. That's yeah, cool. that's not so, as it's not the new version. Yeah. It's, I did like the idea of a of a of a computer that was the as big as an entire room, and it Mm -hmm. it prints up one piece of paper, and uh, (laughs) yeah, Uh, that Uh, was that was cute. It was a good song, Um, and yeah, uh, I'm glad they have you know that Pinky got to write a different song. (laughs) Well, I I also like the fact it's all about food. (laughs) I just like the fact that the brain seems like nicer in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. like he actually, you could see the insecurities in his character in this one where he wasn't, he wasn't just mean. You could see like he was, oh, they aren't, they aren't going to like me. I'm, I, you know, this was foolish of me to do this. And then Pinky's the one that encourages him to go out on open, uh, mic, you know, and, and perform and, and how without Pinky, the brain is not successful without him he he doubts himself he's not in neither one are successful basically without mm. the other i mean they're they're always not successful <laughs> with each other either they're just not successful all the time but at least they have each other right yeah uh, i I've, i feel like there's still people that had black and white tvs that would because yeah, because even if you're filming worked. in color like yeah so yeah. i don't know I yeah. feel like he gave up. Uh, maybe he just if he just tied his bow tie better, I think his plan would have worked better. But. <laughs> I think um, um, 
well, our dad was saying that, you know, they didn't get a color TV for years after everything yeah. was starting. Like, it would be Walt Disney's wonderful world of color, you know, and they have this long montage at the beginning of that where it's showing all these flowers and everything. And for anybody, which is about half the population at the time, yeah. at least, it was just like, wow, look at all those grays. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true because you needed a you need the right technology to see the you know. yeah. So it would have at least gotten you know yeah. A, a few. I mean, he was only getting, but he'd only be getting fifty percent of the population anyway. Well, even fathers, less so. than that because well, I guess you do you know, like back 50, then. 50. The Ed Sullivan show, you know, the amount of people that watched a TV show. Ed Sullivan and, was huge because there's only like four channels too, or something. You know, yeah. Like, so it probably was 90% of the country watching or something. Yeah, exactly. It was a nice way to like, if you're going to, I do like how they picked that show is the, it made sense. Like the, the motivations for, for the brain's plan in this, for the most part made sense. I mean, it was a little sexist that he said that the dad, I, although the idea of the dad, <laughs> a 1950s dad, 1960s dad, uh, aggressively hitting a, a, a TV set like I, you see in Back to the Future or something like that is uh, is pretty funny. Uh, it, it is. It was kind of like, oh, you know, whatever. It, this was the brain of the '60s. You know, he, I guess we can uh, forgive him for being a little uh, patriarchal or sexist, I suppose. <laughs> <clears throat> but Kelly, anything else that you uh, that was in this one that you uh, forgot to mention? Yeah, the. Um Brain and Pinky are talking about the tie, and tie uh, not tie. Um, Pinky tells him that he looks like a millionaire Playboy race car driver's ventriloquist doll, <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. And it was, it was a, it was a, it, a very decent episode. I think very good episode, in fact, of Pinky and the Brain. Well, uh, there's one more little segment to talk about, and that is called the Warner's Vault. And now, a visit to the Warner Vault. The Warner's Vault was written by Wellesley Wilde and Jess Slasher, and it was directed by Katie Rice. And this is kind of, well, you know the Disney Vault? Well, this is the Warner's Vault. And the, the, the Warner's, it starts off going into the vault, and it looks a lot like Mystery Science Theater. I mean, I just thought this, like, zooming in and going through this to this oh, to this. Oh, yeah. It, it was, did kind of remind me of something, but I couldn't, I couldn't really Yeah, that's a, the first thing I thought of was that. I was like, it's been this, so long. I was like, I'm going to write that in the show notes. Like, yeah, <laughs> I well, I thought the same thing. So, yeah. Um, new season, I guess, of uh, Mystery Science Theater. They're, they're doing another one. Uh, oh, fact, really? Uh, yeah. On what, their own what, little, um, where is that at? On their own streaming platform. Okay. <laughs> so... We'll see if that's successful or not. Uh, at any rate, um, they they basically show like here's what we've you know the Warners looked like in the 1929, which it was kind of like a Steamboat Willie parody showing Yakko on a I think it was like a, a raft, like a you know like a log raft or something. Steamboat like Willie was in 1928, just FYI. Yeah. Okay. So this was 1929, which is and, the year they were created. So which that makes sense. I thought it said. I thought, doesn't it say Hollywood 1930? Yeah, but then if you go by their 1999 episode when they said their 60th anniversary and it was their 60th episode and, you know, you remember that? So, or maybe it was 19... 
I, I, or maybe it was their 70th anniversary or something, you know, later on, they've redconned themselves and they said they're from 1929. So they've said both, but in New Zealand, the stars, it does say 1930. Well, I wish they actually looked like the, there was two, two quick things I'll note about that 1929 look. Number one, they didn't have to do such an extreme change in Yako's appearance. But besides the thing I really was upset about was his nose was supposed to be red. It's, ah, I don't know how many times I have to say this, but when they are black and white, their noses are always red. That is the rules of the, <laughs> of the Warners. They have magically red nose, noses, no matter what. Just, Take off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, they, uh, they go all the way to a, uh, the seventies uh, where it's talking about an educational short that they did. Uh, and Dot's talking about how they did this when there was a, an evil president, a.k.a. Uh, Richard Nixon, and then a, a horrible war, you know, the Vietnam War. And it was kind of a distraction for kids and for the people. And it's, uh, I guess it's a parody of a Christian animated series, according here to the wiki, I suppose, Jot the Dot. But it's, uh, you know, it's not that much to it. It's uh, the Warners look like dots, very simplified artistic stylings. And the mom isn't even drawn. It's just kind of like this broom. They uh, they go outside, they get mud on their shoes, and then they wipe their, I guess, do they forget to wipe their feet? Uh, I don't know. Well, they almost forget, but then the mom reminds them to. And then they wipe their feet. And there's this talking mat that kind of looks a little like the look wise of the the mat actually looked way too much way too detailed compared to everything else uh but the mat loves eating dirt always wipe your feet on the mat when you come into the house that's right wipe those feet yakko it makes me happy to help with manners um it's not much to it and honestly i don't think this is weird because i don't think it was meant to be funny it was it was meant to be like, boy, wasn't that lame uh, kind of uh, stuff. Um, and then they get into uh, kind of like a reference to Trump and maybe the war of Afghanistan. Uh, you know how this is also similar to how it is today. And uh, we need to do something about stuff. And of course, they're flashing on the screen outdated reference, which is kind of weird because – I mean, yeah, they even caught themselves like, guys, you maybe shouldn't have done it in the first place. If you're having to, to your, that was, it felt disjointed to me. Like, uh, well, I'm sure it. we'll be back in a war that's unnecessary. And back oh, totally. Yeah. It's it's, like, we we got to, yeah. World War three is right around the corner. Although I don't yeah, know. If exactly. That's, <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, uh, well, that's about that for that. Uh, is there anything in this that you liked? Um, Nathan? Um, I liked that they acknowledge that they're from the past, I guess. <laughs> That's true. They're not just from they the always 90s. Like, they're like, we're from the 90s is always what they say. So it's kind of a weird, um, but I still think they're clones. So I think they, they are from, they're clones from the 90 version. So, this or is, whatever. I think they're variants. I think we're in an alternate universe. Yeah, that's probably of, it. Uh, this is, this is some other timeline of, of Cause yeah, there's some weird, yeah. Seeing the, uh, the the Flintstones thing was kind of yeah. fun. And yeah, uh, at the same time, I'm just like going like, but you know, 
we it's again that's why i'm just going to say this is variant animaniacs uh stuff mm-hmm. going on because we've already seen that the warners haven't really changed like that and <laughs> i know or like i know it's just for a joke and i know it's like it's silly, a joke it's yeah. a joke it jokes are jokes not for, they didn't watch the cartoon before they aired it it's not well, their fault so yeah well yeah <laughs> uh kelly what about you i thought the warners as Flintstones was kind of interesting um and little dots that they were were kind of cute. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. All right. It was interesting. <laughs> well, I, I guess with all of that, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Well, what do you think? Out of five water towers, how many would you give today's episode? Nathan, let's start with you. Ooh, okay. Well, we got Pinky in the Brain. We got a bunch of songs. We had a really ch- cute chicken boo. Um, it wasn't particularly like funny, I don't think. There wasn't like a lot of parts where I'm like laughing aloud, but um I mean for season for the reboot, I don't know. I've I'll I'll be generous. I'll say four. I'll say four. We got some songs that weren't terrible and the plot to take over the world was fun and they apologize for any reason I would not like them. So yeah, <laughs> four out of five. All right. And Kelly, what about you? It's funny that he goes with four. Cause that's what I was going to choose also um, for the season. It was a particularly strong episode. The pinky in the brain had a really classic feel to it. Uh, the storyline um, felt uh, true to the characters. I, I think, and um, and it had some funny moments. I don't, I hardly ever laugh out loud, but um, I thought there were there were some cute moments, and and um, Pinky was particularly good in this episode. And then the chicken boo reveal was uh, really almost jaw dropping. I was so surprised. <laughs> I I had no idea. I almost expected to see like maybe a baby plucky or something. I mean, I knew oh, yeah. I had a feeling it was going to be something interesting, but it'll be a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um so I was excited to see Chicken Boo and then they even did the music and everything to go along with his um appearance. All right. So. Well, four for you and I was going to give the, I was on the fence. Like I was like I was like four or three point five. I know we can't do a three point seven five. We could. This, Haven't we done that before? I don't Probably. think. I don't think. I so. thought we've split it up. Well, I'm in the sake of triple agreement. I'm going to go ahead and say a four oh. as well for a triple agreement. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should. I almost want to take off half a star for the whole like Manticore uh, Griffin. (laughs) Well, I I almost wanted to take off half a star just for the, the side things, you know, because like the, the Warner vault one and the apology thing, it's like those, those really were, uh, I, I felt like bad, like, it, it felt like a waste I, of time. I would me. have preferred a Starbucks and, and Mindy when mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to like fill those That's spots. That's true. Yeah. Starbucks and Mindy instead of Starbucks and Cindy, would I would agree with that too. <laughs> Get Mindy in I, there. <laughs> that'd be funny. <laughs> okay, lady. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Nathan, where can people find you online? Well, I'm on Twitter, for instance. Uh, Django FT, that's me. All right. And Kelly, what about you, for instance? 
Also on Twitter, uh, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. All right. Well, as as for the as for as for as for the Animaniacast, we are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and other stuff. And of course, you can go to Animaniacast.com to see our archives over at RetroZap.com. And we are a proud member of the RetroZap podcast network you can go over to retrozap.com for fantastic podcasts and articles every single day head on over to our discord you can talk with us and other members of the retrozap team you can get a welcome link by going to discord.animanicast.com and if you are a super fan of us and you'd love to support us which we'd love for you to support us head on over to patreon.com slash we have fantastic, and I really do mean fantastic commentaries with, of course, Tom Ruger, the creator of Animaniacs, and even some folks like Peter Hastings, who just sat down with us and did some fantastic uh, commentaries as well, uh, plus some just bonus audio just of us talking about stuff before we record this show. So uh, you, you can get some great different tiers, and uh, and you won't cry over them because it's good stuff. Uh-huh. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. <laughs>